Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, now ready for departure. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're entering the vacation kingdom of the world. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We call it Epcot. will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. Taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was, and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another edition of the Retro Disney World Podcast. I am your host, Todd McCarty, and welcome to episode 34.5, You Can Find Me on Main Street. Tonight, we're going to be talking to Tammy Tucky, and we recorded this episode a few nights ago. Uh, However, my audio through the very first half, including the introductions, was completely messed up. So um, we're going to let Brian introduce and do most of the interview here because uh, you'll hear some of my voice now and then making these funny, awful noises, and it just didn't sound good. So you will hear me chime in later on, uh, but uh, here we go with episode 34.5. Our guest tonight has worked as a talk show host since 2011 with the premiere of the Tierra Talk podcast on iTunes. And after Tierra Talk ended its successful run in 2013, she created the Tierra Talk Show, which you can find at the TierraTalkShow.com, a YouTube slash iTunes podcast that invites actors, directors, animators, producers, composers, and theme park cast members, part of why we're talking to her tonight, anyone who has ever worked for the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries to discuss their experiences working on various Disney films, television shows, And in a nod to the work we now do, she uh, was a trendsetter in talking to people involved in theme park attractions. Her past interview credits include Academy Award-winning actress Susan Sarandon, Tony-winning composer Stephen Schwartz, the cast of Disney's Aladdin, actor Ed Asner, author Ridley Pearson, Grammy Award-winning singer and a personal favorite of mine, Helen Reddy, and actress, singer, the late Debbie Reynolds. Aside from hosting the Tierra Talk Show, she is a trained singer and actress, audio and video editor, and an Emmy Award-winning filmmaker. She has starred in over 20 theatrical productions, including Pippin, Play On, and Beauty and the Beast. Ever since she could walk and talk, she's performed for over thousands of people over the past 10 years, from musicals to cabarets to parties. She continues to entertain audiences today, and she's working on an exciting project we're going to talk to her about tonight. Please welcome to the show, Tammy Tucky. Yay! Oh my gosh, Brian, I was holding my breath the entire time. (laughs) I just, I'm glad, even if I will never get to be on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, that was a fantastic introduction thank you so much (laughs) and it is not followed as it normally would be was found dead today in her apartment in new york oh brian no let's hope not i'm knocking on wood i stay on this earth for a couple more years at least (laughs) that's usually when you hear that kind of career recap truly yes absolutely you get nervous (laughs) so tammy is a fellow delaware valley resident here in the outside of philadelphia and uh, I have known her family uh, 
through their business uh, and only uh, on television and YouTube, etc. Her father owns one of the coolest arcade video game sales uh, businesses in the country, and he's a bit of a ham. So uh, he's <laughs> so he's I inherited first, that. <laughs> he's the first famous Tucky, uh, and we'll be sure to plug his business before the uh, before the show's out. But Tammy, we wanted to talk to you tonight. First, let's talk about the podcast that you do, a uh, podcast and YouTube show. You uh, are a bit of a trailblazer, as I said, in the work that we do uh, and, and the, the uh, taking up, chronicling the history of Disney theme parks and the people who've contributed to them. And you, since you were in high school, have been interviewing some of the men and women behind some of our favorite attractions. It was interesting because I, I started the the first podcast with um, a friend named Darlene and a friend named Danelle, and Darlene's in Buffalo, New York, and Danelle's in Canada. And we originally started the podcast because we didn't see a lot of female-driven Disney podcasts at the time. And we were like, oh, well, it would be cool to get the, the, the word from... A middle schooler slash high schooler, May, uh, a college student, Danelle, and a mother, Darlene. So you have like three different perspectives on different events. And then I was, you know, looking online for different individuals and I thought, well, let's do some interviews. And we start, my first interview ever was with Helen Reddy at 14 years old. And I just thought, wow, this is different. I really like this. And I thought, let's do more of this. And, and soon, sooner than later, uh, you know, Danelle and Darlene, and myself, we, we, you know, we were doing our own things at that point. So I started my own podcast and we went our separate ways, but they're still doing a lot of things in the Disney community. And I wanted to add something new, which was Cast Member Corner, where I found no other podcasts that were discussing the the magic itself um, at the parks that they get to create, you know, almost every year, every day, every second for for so many thousands of thousands upon families and I really wanted to highlight some of my favorite well not not favorite I just want to highlight some of the most amazing cast members that I know and then they would suggest their own friends so it kind of spiraled from that and it's weird because I have all these videos and photos from 1998 and on I've been to Disney World over 25 times since 98 so I have all this video footage and, and photos and I post it on my Facebook page and it's crazy people are being tagged in them and I get to finally chat with these people and meet them and I'm I just am blown away I get to do this and and a lot of them I feel like I never got to tell their story so at least they get to tell their story at some point and and at some point in their life about what it was like to work in the 90s or 80s or 70s in Disney yeah one of your fascinating episodes and there are a lot of them was you managed to track down the a woman who portrayed Jasmine when you met her, and and then uh, oh Meg 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 from Hercules yeah <laughs> oh that's right that's right I'm sorry it's Meg from Hercules and um, and somehow you know after you posted the video the, oh that's my friend or that's me and you ended up interviewing her and did you meet her too I think you met her didn't you I didn't yet she's actually a couple okay. states away but it was crazy because at the time that we were interviewing I was interviewing her was when she was pregnant and she was about to have a baby and now her little one is the same age I was when uh, I met her when she was 18 years old portraying Meg at Hollywood Studios and I was like I don't know one and a half two and that and we have video footage I put it up on YouTube and it went viral on Facebook I think it got like uh 
50,000 hits on there. And I was just shocked. You know, people <laughs> love Meg. So that was crazy. How that happened, I don't know. <laughs> and, and really, if you are a 90s uh, Disney file and, and that's your frame of reference when the studios were at the forefront and they were in that second golden age of animated films and some of the, I won't call them second tier, but lesser famous than the original Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Little Mermaid. Mm. When you get into Hercules and the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Tammy's podcast is full of stuff. Um, you know, even delving as deep as things like Treasure Planet. Like you, you know, you're, she doesn't miss a trick when it comes to the latter half of the 90s and, and even the early 2000s. So there's a lot of content there. But inside the theme parks. Pa- page, uh, I just got to add, Brian, paging Mr. Coosier. Mr. Coosier, you want it <laughs> yes, at the J- Tierra Talk podcast. This is, we're, we're in JT's wheelhouse now um, <laughs> when we get to this stuff. But, but uh, one of the great things that happened this year uh, for the fans of our podcast and the people who attended our event last month or two months ago now at, at Epcot uh, was Tammy interviewed Corinne Cook-Gooley, who was uh, the redhead in the Horizons attraction. And the day she finished the interview, she uh, <laughs> called me and said, hey, uh, this uh, this woman who was in Horizons is interested in talking to you and willing to come to your event. And in a whirlwind <laughs> series of conversation between Todd, me, and Corinne <laughs> and Tammy, uh, we had it set up in a matter of uh, a, a day. And uh, I think it was a really cool thing for our uh, for the people who attended the event. Uh, so we have you to thank for that. Yes, thank you very much. Of course. Much. No, I think, look, I, I'm a Disney fan first and foremost, and I thought, you guys are such big Disney fans, and putting together an event like that, of that of that magnitude, and not, you know, doing it, not working with the Disney company specifically, you guys were putting your heart and soul into it. And when I found out about that, and I was talking to Brian about it, I thought, oh, I'll just... I'll bring it up to to her and see if she would be interested. And she's like, "Well, I haven't been there since they closed the ride." Dan, I said, "Well, hey, it's the it's the 35th anniversary of the park. You should go back." And she's like, "Actually, I was thinking of doing that." And I said, "Hey, you got to do this." So, you know, I'm I'm so glad it worked out to to everyone's you know advantage because she really wanted to go back. And apparently, I heard that you guys were a wonderful tour guides to her. So she could, you know, see what happened to Epcot. I think she hadn't been there since <laughs> the 80s or something like that. It was really cool for people, because I had tweeted that we were in the park that day, for people to stop us and fangirl or fanboy over her for, for a moment. You know, this little job she did as a lark 30-some years ago. And uh, <laughs> for her to realize that there was this fandom out there that she had just had no idea. And then that night, uh, you know, obviously with 200 people at the event, uh, really bowled her over. I mean, we, we just, and she was great with the guests. She really was going from person to person. I, I you know, I liken it to a mother at, at the wedding, visiting every table to make sure everybody's having a good time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wasn't there. I really do apologize. <laughs> you can be there next year. Absolutely. Right. We'll get you at the next one. Um, so there are other attractions that you have spoken to folks that were involved in the in the creation of. So I I feel like I'd be remiss before moving on to the to your to your latest project if we didn't uh, ask you about some of the other people that you've interviewed, especially for the theme parks in particular. Yeah, um, for, particularly I, for the theme park attractions. 
Oh, well, one of them, I think you guys, you obviously, hopefully, I, I really do pray, you guys like the Carousel of Progress. So, well, originally, so my original podcast, I can't um, air those episodes because they have copyright music on it. Like, I used more than 30 seconds because I was still learning at the time. It wasn't like I was purposely doing that. So I had originally interviewed... Um, from the Carousel of Progress, I had, I had interviewed the mother, B.J. Ward, Janet Waldo, who was the daughter in the, no, the grandmother in the last scene. So Janet Waldo, and then Paul Osterhout, who was the Imagineer in the attraction, and they, he couldn't find anybody to voice the teenage son in the last scene, the Christmas scene, so he did it himself. So I had I three of them. I heard that interview. I heard that interview. Oh, you yeah. did hear that? Okay. So okay. I, I still have it, and I, 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 and I feel so bad because I had, tried touching bases with Janet before she passed away. I think it was this year because I wanted to talk about it again with her. But I had all three of them on the call. It was just great. And then I had Paul back on the my newer show. And uh, he, we talked a little bit more about, you know, other projects he had done. But he was such a great, uh, it, it, such a great uh, storyteller because, you know, he's, he's met everybody. He met Phil Hartman uh, before he passed away because they filmed, they recorded that session with him and Don Rickles for the Enchanted Tiki Room, the uh, new management. Um, so he, he has photos and great stuff. He met with Jim Henson before he passed away. Like, he, he really hit this stride during the 90s. So we had a lot to talk about that. Um, and uh, Mike Brassell, the new voice of the Tomorrow Translate Authority and also living, uh, living with the land. Um, a, a lot of other amazing individuals who've worked on the show's uh, Doug May for Tarzan Rocks. Um, were up, up and coming is um, is uh, Roger Holtzberg, who worked on the Millennial Celebration for Epcot. And that's what really strikes me that I really remember. So I know you guys are basically 80s Epcot people. I am early 2000s, you know, late 90s Epcot. So yeah, it's it's been like a mixture of, of different individuals who've worked in the business and who work different types of jobs in the parks, not from just Imagineer, but also performers. And so there's a, there's a lot. So if you go on the website, uh, the TRTalkShow.com, and you click click on the Episodes tab, on the bottom you'll see there are specific episodes pertaining to cast members, which is which says Cast Member Corner, and that will help you, you know, kind of navigate, like, what in particular you like. Well, you know, I cover everything almost as much as I can. So, uh, but I love it. It's just great. <laughs> So, so I will also say uh, about to, to uh, encourage you to check out her podcast as well. Uh, ours is kind of like a thesis uh, where we, we've been known to delve for two or three hours into a topic. All of Tammy's episodes are about 20 minutes or less. It's, a, it's an easy yes. listen. Uh, you have a, as I mentioned, you're a talented singer. I got to see it in person a few months ago at a cabaret evening of mostly disney music that uh, that tammy put together <laughs> and uh to benefit this project and what she is doing well i'm not going to tell you i'm gonna let tammy tell you okay. tammy tell us what you're working on <laughs> um well i thought since i'm in my prime as they say um you know i'm in my 20s and i have always dreamt of paying tribute to the disney theme parks and i thought well i've always wanted to do an album so not only do I do a podcast, you know, I thought I, I want to, you know, transfer all this energy that I have. I really would love to just, you know, go ahead and really put in a lot of energy and time and a lot of hard work into something so personal to me. So I thought, well, 
let me do an album that is uh, dedicated to the Walt Disney World theme parks. And I, cause, because I grew up, we all grew up with all the music that we would hear. And so there are a couple key songs that really stick, you know, kind of stuck out to me over the years. And I thought, well, great, you know, let's do this. Um, uh, I put together seven songs and still in the process of getting them all approved, but we've already, you know, recorded a couple of songs already that have been approved. And I thought, well, I've interviewed so many people who've who've done music for the theme parks. Maybe I could, you know, see if they'd like to be involved. So I I got in touch with Sounds of Blackness, who have who were a part of my favorite Disney short of all time, John Henry. And they did the soundtrack to that and I said, Oh my gosh, I got I got a great song for you guys and for me. Um uh, Millennial uh the Millennial Celebration song, Celebrate the Future Hand in Hand. And it's this beautiful piece so we're gonna work on that together and then um i can announce this on your show you guys are first to hear we're gonna do a song called the great outdoors from the country bear jamboree summer hoedown show and we just got the original um individual who played the fiddle on the on all of the three country bear uh country bear soundtracks uh byron and he is playing the fiddle for our song which it wow. sounds unbelievable. I, I cannot awesome. wait for you guys to hear it. Um, I kind of almost cried when I heard that. And then I also cried when I asked um, Ali Olmo, who I'm going to assume you guys wanted to ask me about her. She, uh, I'll, I'll let you, why don't you talk about her connection? I'll do, I'll Go ahead. Yeah. So, so uh, um, sometime in the last six months or so, I think, uh, Monday morning is usually when I wake up and there's a new Tiara talk show podcast on, on, my, on my iTunes feed. And it said that she interviewed Ali Omo, who was the musician who sings the song Two Brothers in Epcot's American Adventure Attraction. Everybody loves the Two Brothers song. Uh, shockingly, we discovered it's been re-recorded by a lot of cover artists have recorded this song. Uh, it's only a minute and a half long uh, in, in its incarnation that we all hear it. Uh, but I thought the interview with Ali Olmo uh, was fascinating as Tammy interviewed her, you know, about how she ended up doing that song, which is with a lot of stuff back then. Had uh, somebody knew somebody at Disney and exactly. they tapped her and said, oh, can you come and record this? And uh, as a lot of that stuff back at that era where they were building Epcot and Tokyo Disneyland and New Fantasyland and those halcyon late 70s, early 80s days at, at, at Imagineering. Um, but after that, uh, Tammy let me in when I saw her on a little bit of a secret at that point that Allie would be appearing on your album, right? Yes. I asked her. I was so nervous. I said, Allie, I have a question for you, but can I call you and ask <laughs> so I can explain it to you because I don't want to scare you off? Um, and she's like, sure. So I got in touch with her through a friend of hers because I couldn't find anything on her. She doesn't have a website. I've talked with her about this countless times. I'm like, Allie, you are so fantastic. She writes her own music. She's so such a gifted musician. But anyway, I, I got in touch with her through a friend, thank gosh. And it was the thirty fifth anniversary of the of the of the attraction. And um so I was I was talking with her about it and I said I'd love to re-record this song with you. Would you be interested? And she's like, absolutely, I'd love to. Uh, so we've been working on a structure because the original song actually has three verses. You only hear two verses in the attraction. So we decided we're going to do the full version. And she wanted to put her own little personal take that 
was a little bit different. Uh, actually, very much different than the one that's in the attraction, um, because that was that was catered to an emotional theme. So this one, it, of course, it still is, but it's it's a different take on it. And I actually just finished recording my portion of it today, and my gosh, um, I was you know so emotional singing it, and you know she was so emotional being able to re-record it, and she's just so talented. And uh, to be able to do this um, and pay tribute to the attraction because I feel like that attraction in particular is one of my favorites of all the Disney theme parks because of what it encompasses and how darn hard it was to put together because I talked to uh, Rick Rothschild who was one of the producers on it and I also talked to the voice of Susan B. Anthony, uh, Trish, and so... So these individuals, it, it was one of those projects that took a long time to make and probably wouldn't be able to be made today. Um, and so the fact that I got to speak with those three and then be able to record the song with Ali is just unbelievable to me. And as you said, yeah, there's so many individuals who have covered the song. So many. But in my opinion, and also my dad's opinion, Ali's is by far the best. And that's why it's put. it was put in the Disneyland um uh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln was inserted in that when they updated it again. So, awesome. just love it. It's so be- I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. I think you'll yeah. I think you'll really enjoy. Not to toot my own horn, but oh, it's oh, it, I, I I get chills when I hear it. <laughs> yeah, between between the episodes she's mentioned, uh, Tammy's done about three quarters of the work that we would need to do to do an American Adventure episode. Uh, because she's interviewed so many people that have been involved with it, so and many of them passed job. away. Th- oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, the, the, so many of them have passed away. That was the that was what I was getting scared of. I was like, how am I going to find you know somebody to be able to talk about their experience working on this? So the fact that I got to talk to either of those three was just you know I was lucky. I was lucky to get in touch with them. <laughs> I've put so much hard work and effort into this, uh, as, as I've said, but um, at the moment, right now, it's just going to be digital release, so you'll be able to download it off of CD Baby or iTunes, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, if we're on track and on schedule, we may be able to release earlier than April. So we're crossing our fingers at this point. Um, it's just, you know, it's a lot of legal uh, legal things that we need to get out of the way and get approved and just make sure we do this right. That's my main, you know, thing. I want to do this right. Don't want anybody to get in trouble. Don't want to get myself in trouble. Want to make everybody happy. So it will be a digital release. Um, and, you know, of course, we may have some surprises with maybe music videos of certain songs. Who knows? You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, so, so, so let me let me contribute to the effort to encourage folks to support this. <laughs> this is not somebody buying a karaoke uh, or licensing a karaoke song and singing on their gaming headset and, and releasing it because there is that stuff out there on iTunes and other places. Uh, Tammy has booked professional musicians. These are professionally this is originally recorded music being done by these musicians in a real studio. She's recording this uh, in sessions at real studios uh, and paying uh, the, the artist licensing fees to be able to do all this and produce a real album. Uh, so it all costs money. And uh, she a did a really <laughs> nice thing for us. Yeah, it, a lot of money. And she did a really nice thing for us with Corinne. And she's been so supportive of Retro WDW uh, that I and Todd uh, and JT and Hal wanted to repay the favor by introducing her to all of you, A, to encourage you to listen to her show, 
and B, uh, to maybe persuade some of you to throw a little coin her way and uh, support her project. Uh, and certainly uh, buy the project when it comes out. We we hope we can premiere at least one of the songs on our show. Oh, that would be great. I would love yeah, that. Like yeah, it would be great. We'll it do two brothers great. on your show. How's that sound? Ooh, wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. I'll promise it for I, you guys. <laughs> I think we may have to have that American uh, Adventure episode timed in just right to that. It would. We could, uh, you know, borrow some of Tammy's product and uh, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, that would be great. Recording of two brothers and um, and uh, we, we of course we've had Steve Alcorn on our to do list for years and years. How or Rad uh, Todd now, uh, who did so much of the uh, engineering work on on uh, on the American Adventure. Oh, I, I would love to hear his story on that. It was it sound engineering particularly or. He now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, Sorry, I, I, I couldn't book. remember. That's why I was going to ask because if it's sound I, I, engineering, I, gosh, that was a lot of hard work. I, I read his book, and what I remember reading in the book was about the. I I, was, I think he was the electrical engineer on that. Uh, was was his primary. That function. thing is huge. I, I I really desperately wanted to do the backstage tour for that, but that's an eight hour thing where you have to go to Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom. And I said, can't yeah. really do that. Maybe by myself, but you know, J- I mean? JT has done it and shared right. the backstage uh, American Adventure experience with us. Is it worth it? Um, I, uh, he he loved it. He uh, okay. Yeah, as long as I he loved to- it, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> we are really uh, preserving stories that future generations will be able to hear and i'm so glad that there are other podcasts out there doing it you know such as yourselves and you know working maybe not together but we're as we're as a community that really uh, admires this work that is just something that we grew up with and we will always you know have in our hearts is something that we just deeply deeply love <laughs> so i'm just lucky i get to speak to the people i do you know and and you know i know some of them have passed away because i know brian you mentioned debbie and you know there have been a couple people who've passed away who that were on my show and you know it it really hurts because you know i wish i could fly out to see them and videotape being with them and have gotten you know more archive material from them because i know all of them have it so um it's one of those things where you know you, you work with what you have but at least we're doing something, you know, not just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> or- oral histories have really come into their own in the last 10 years with the with the growth of podcasts. And, and it's not just the theme park medium. It's a lot of other places where, well, I mean, Tammy's a, a fellow enthusiast of the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, Amazing oh, yeah. Colossal Podcast, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, it's one of the things she and I discovered about each other when we started talking that like, hey, we both love this this podcast because he's interviewing Hollywood types who've been off the radar for 20 and 30 years. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of people who've appeared on his show in the last three years have died after his interviews. Oh, it's shocking. Um, he Well, he goes it, it for is. the older individuals. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, so it's pretty great, though. So so but but listening to them, if you're a fan of old Hollywood, just as we're a fan of you know, defunct theme park attractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, when, when you uncover a, a, a new story or a new tidbit, it really is fascinating. And her show's doing that, and our show's hopefully doing that. And and there's a lot of other shows out there doing that work that they sold a Cobb salad handwich in the Hollywood studios when it first opened. Uh, like, that would have been lost to history if we didn't have our handwich-oriented shows. So I feel oh, that's like we're great. Doing- yeah. <laughs> 
important work here. <laughs> well, it, it's great. Well, there's another thing I should add. You know, I, I have to be, of course, I have to, for copyright issues, I have to be working with Disney. I'm not, they're, they're not sponsoring the album in no way. They're not really attached to it. I just have to work with them to get the music. And it was interesting because the individual I was working with at the time was like, are you sure these are Disney songs? The, the list that I sent him. And he's like, I don't know if you can do these because technically they have to be released previously as an official album. They have to have been uh, as a song. They have to have, have been, been released. Been published on some kind of physical media at some point. Exactly. And I was nervous because I was like, oh, I don't know if a couple of these are going to make it. But hey, he cleared them all. And we we, ha- we had to clear that they were not pre-recorded. So uh, they, they were recorded at some point. But when I go back onto iTunes or any other website, I don't find covers of them anywhere. So I thought, well, this is great because, you know, you, you paid tribute to different individuals who created all these different songs. And, and I've recently gotten in touch with some of the, for th- some of the other songs that I have, I've recently gotten in touch with the composers and I told them about what I'm doing. So they're interested. So it, it's pretty great because then they get to hear that there is a tribute to their song and, and originally, you know, how, how it was going on. And it, it, it makes me really happy because, you know, when you work so hard on creating an attraction or a show, you know what I mean? It, 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 it really, you, you get that appreciation um, for the, the love that you get in return. So I love it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, we're looking forward to the project. Absolutely. Thank you. No, and, I'm so uh, glad you uh, had me on the, the show. Yeah, I we're really appreciate it. To the, to the next group of cool theme park uh, employees or designers that you interview from our past and sometimes from the past because we go back 25 years or more and sometimes you fill those gaps in by talking to folks uh, who were working on shows from 15 and 20 years ago that have been long gone as well. Yeah. Uh, so you're filling an important need that we won't get to for a while. Well, it's sad uh, because some of them are just, they just say to me, well, why do you want to interview me? I'm like shocked that you even want to talk to me. And it hurts because, you know, these individuals have worked on, you know, Little Mermaid and Back to Neverland and Cinemagique and Rock and Roller Coaster. And I could go on and on, but The Timekeeper, you know, and that really hurts because, you know, they don't think that their story is, was, you know, would have, should have ever been told. And they're shocked that I even reach out to them. And it's like, yeah, you are yeah. important. Even, you know, heck, even if it's just me. I just want to let you know that, and I want to interview you. <laughs> and, and I'll say off the bat, I would not have pegged Timekeeper as a particularly interesting topic, but that was a great episode. Oh, didn't you let the, with the director, right? You're talking about yeah, Jeff Blight? Yeah, you, that you was crazy. Like, it, it, there's and, this amazing story. Talking, right, and talking about how they ended up opening it in uh, on all three continents where there were Disney parks and... And I didn't know that. Yeah, that it was one of the few attractions. And just listening to him talk about the differences between the different versions. And it was really a fascinating episode. I think, see, a lot of people might think I sound stupid on the show. But honestly, you know, I do a ton of research and prep as much as I can um, in preparation for each interview. But sometimes I have no clue what they're going to throw at me. So, but I love it because then they'll be like, "Hey, I'll send you some videos, some photos afterwards." Because um, here's a little preview as who's coming up this week. Um, we have uh, Albert Einstein from Ellen's Energy Adventure coming on the show this week. Oh, great! And um, he had some great stories about you know just 
chatting with Bill Nye and Ellen DeGeneres' mother, and he had some pictures, and I, I just was, like, thrilled, and, and uh, it, it was it was great to hear about that story, because I've seen the, the I love the attraction, I always love the attraction, so, so did we. you know, to talk to somebody who was in that, and he was like, well, I didn't think I was funny, and I said, but Benny, you don't understand, you are so cute when Ellen gives you that little light bulb and says, Go, you know, here you go. And then you get to walk off with your hair and everything and your pipe. You are so adorable. Like, it's funny that you don't talk in it. That's the point. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And I said, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so before we let you go, as I mentioned earlier, plug your family's business. Uh, oh, yes. He would be, be upset be, if you didn't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Because, because <laughs> our fandom, uh, certainly the four of us, Hal, Todd, JT, and I, uh, and a lot of the folks that listened to us were either around and active for the <laughs> 1980s arcade boom and played video, you know, upright video games in, in arcades in their proper format, mm -hmm. um, or uh, were fans yeah. in the 90s and 2000s of subsequent. Yes, Todd? I was, and by proper format, we don't mean playing on your, uh, you know, your little. On your phone. No, no, no. The real thing, the real no, cabinet. Proper. Real yeah, thing, it should weigh actual... at least 175 pounds before yeah, you insert so, the CRT. So yes. let me give the Reader's Digest version, and Tammy might be able to fill in any any gaps. <laughs> uh, her dad started selling these things after the, the market started to collapse in the 80s from his driveway uh, of his home. These things would stay out there covered in tarps, and he would sell them from his driveway. And it became a better business than whatever he was doing for a living. And so... I discovered him uh, when I would babysit my nephew uh, 25 years plus years ago. My nephew <laughs> works for the Eagles now. Um, babysit my nephew and my sister's uh, cable system up there ran her dad's very first infomercial. He was a pioneer in running these cable TV commercials, uh, pimping his business, pimping the, the, you know, buy your own arcade game, your own pinball machine. Uh, and they were delightfully hokey and funny. He's and a I Three Stooges guy, so he, he right. had to make them hokey. <laughs> and, and I think Tammy was involved in taking his vast collection of, uh, of infomercials and little video vignettes and putting the whole lot of them on YouTube. Yes, I, I helped with a lot of, I, I do a lot of, you know, video transferring for people because I, I feel like, again, that's another thing because that, that's how I found all these, you know, wonderful Disney home videos, you know, clips that you wouldn't see anywhere else. So, um, yeah, he's he, he was so great about filming everything. So, yeah, he, he filmed a lot of infomercials and they were all very, very funny. And he still does those YouTube videos. He loves them. He loves doing yes. them for the for the fans. <laughs> And, and so I'll throw two things out. One, you should check out the website, tntamusements.com. Uh, and that is, uh, they ship all over the country, actually all over the world, I think. So yes. you can go on there and see what they're selling. And uh, they throw parties in their showroom that you can rent and all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm going to tell you to check that out, especially if you're in the tri-state area and in driving distance or ever visiting here. Second, uh Tammy and her dad did a great service to all of us. And I really want to interview Randy myself sometime, but uh, there's a guy on the Wildwood boardwalk uh, named Randy Senna, who was a cast member at, at Disney in the, in the eighties. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
Randy took it upon himself to try to preserve as many of the Main Street arcade uh, machines that that used to reside in the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World as he could uh, when they started to clear that space out for for uh, for retail. And, and more seats. Uh, she and her, yes, she, and she and her dad happened upon his his place, and ended up conduct. Randy's got a bit of an, a reputation uh, as a as an odd fellow uh, and not particularly approachable. Uh, that is not at all the case. If you ever actually have approached him, he's a wonderful guy who loves to tell stories, and uh, and so she and her dad happened upon him last fall. And interviewed him for over an hour. It was really uh, we were there for four hours, so you okay, only so saw a little us. bit of it. <laughs> no, we were we were there because we had heard things and people wanted to know what like what he was like. So we went in and then he just we played a game of fascination because I love that game so much. And we just were there for four hours talking stories about Magic Kingdom. I had no idea he worked for Disney. I, I saw those some of those arcade machines up close and personal. They are very well kept. He he does everything in there. He works all the mechanicals. Um, he 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 makes sure everything is perfect and pristine. And it's really sad because now they are they they didn't invite him back to stay in this one building um, uh, at Wildwood. So now he's wondering where am I going to put these games? Yeah. You know what I mean? The storage. You know, it's just going to be a nuisance obviously but he has all this history and i i couldn't believe that he did so he would be a great interview he's just so busy he works he's that he's literally there all the time he's there from like all eight the time right to 12 so, so and then he goes I, home and sleeps I, yeah i spoke to him this summer about doing the show and of course he's amenable to it we just have to do it in the winter time when when everything's when like arca- calm down. When the arcade isn't open. Yeah, when the arcade isn't open so that he can But Randy has about a half dozen of the machines of the mechanical like the baseball machine is another thing yes. from the Main Street Arcade I actually have the, you know, built by Walt Disney World badging on them. Correct. Uh, yes, so they do. Because they're they're different when, from the originals because he was showing us they were showing us the the original machine and how Disney changed it in in certain ways to their disney disney literally had their shops build replicas of the original mechanical machine so most of what was on main street usa and in walt disney world was a fabrication by disney's uh imagineers of the original like 1930s 1920s games uh it's unbelievable and you need so one of the coin your... press machines that did the pirates coins. That's what you need yes. to find for us, Tammy. Oh, I want, I want people to send in, you know, three dollars, and we'll return a coin to them. Oh. I'm a press coin girl too. I collect them. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers, I can get the last two hundred on this next trip I'm going on. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we we will with the show. Notes I hope so. Yes, post- please. I would love to hear him on your show. <laughs> Uh, but we will, I will definitely post a link to uh, Tammy and her dad's interview with Randy because it's 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 over an hour long and it is fascinating. I mean, he you know he spends a good fifteen minutes on the Disney stuff, uh, but really a walkthrough of the rest of his arcade and all is is also fascinating. So so tonight you've got uh, some homework assignments. You've learned <laughs> about her podcast. You've learned about her music album. You've learned about TNT Amusements. 
and we're telling you about Randy Senna, and there's probably some other cool stuff I forgot that we told you about. So, no, it's okay. We have just, more. To, we, we'll have, yeah. hopefully have more conversations, I hope, down, later down the line. I'm just glad I finally got to be on a show. I listened to the show for a while now, so I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. And uh, Todd, what do you have? Any any questions before we go? No, I I, I, I love old arcade games. We have some in our office. and uh, Ooh, uh, which I don't ones? Know Oh, well, well, he just moved Outrun, but I've been playing Athena Pinball Machine, and we have Daytona USA, Centipede, and he has some other odd, rare ones, too, where the the, the screen is actually black and white, but then there's a a plastic overlay over it so that areas are colored and areas are not. So that was the the cheap, cheap color version. Uh, I I can't remember what the name of it is, but we're getting some new ones. He's changing it out. He's been working on Star Wars downstairs, which I can't. Oh, so, so so let's so let's do the round robin here. Tammy, uh, one or two favorite upright arcade games. Arcade games. I love I love Doctor Do, and I I do love Donkey Kong. I do love those both. Todd, uh, it's Star Wars, and then there was another one called Road Blasters. Years okay. ago, you can't pick up these bubbles and stuff, which was fantastic. Oh, I'll add Wizard of War there too because we used to have oh, one. That was a fun I, game too. You right, just well, reminded you get three me that that I'm throwing Gauntlet in there because I I, I can play it. Yeah, Gauntlet is throw, so much fun, and I can just throw quarters in. You know, <laughs> what about you, Brian? So I I mean Donkey Kong was always my favorite, and I think it may be the seminal game of of my childhood, but. I find, especially through the emulators now, but even when I was still going to the arcades and putting quarters in, uh, the late 90s, early, or late 80s, early 90s, I played a ton of WWF Superstars. Oh, yes. Uh, which was Ooh. the first WWF wrestling game that mm-hmm. they put out. And then I also played a ton of Clutch Hitter, uh, which was a, a baseball game that Sega put out, uh, an arcade game that happened to have like the 1991 major league rosters uh, on it. And so I played a ton of that. Uh, I don't don't think I've ever heard of that one or at least seen it. I don't know. I'm not quite sure, but that seems pretty obscure one. I like it though. There were a lot, there were a lot of others that, I mean, that was our summers. I mean, we get up in the morning, we go to the shore for the summer and every morning we wake up and ride our bikes to the boardwalk and, if my aunts or my mom or somebody would give us like five dollars to go put quarters in the machines and oh man i'd play i'd play tapper and crazy (gasps) climber and crazy climber too crazy climber yeah jungle king jungle king i love congo bongo i mean there's just there's tons of them out there that i used to play and uh, were you guys pinball guys were you were you did you like pinball as well no i didn't didn't do too much. There is one game though. I remember I spent a lot of money on it. Never got past the first thing, and that was the um, it was with Dirk the Daring, the one that was on oh, Dra- Dragon's Lair. Dragon's oh Lair. my never lord, got past that, that one is so hard to play. I don't it's, even bother. It's yeah, all the about time. Gameplay's not great, but it's all about it. So that was a laser disc driven game, and all of the artwork was done by Don Bluth. Yes, yeah. the ex Disney animator who did. Uh, we have a laser disc of the whole film. And- I don't know how my dad obtained it, but we had it, so we watched the whole thing. Because he didn't know what was on this laser disc, so we just watched the whole thing. I went, "Oh, this is this is really great! Great, I can watch the. I don't need to play. <laughs> Thank goodness." That's exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I used to play that too. And then it's Todd. Do you remember the sequel to it? 
the other game they put out. We have that in the showroom. It was it was more blue than yellow. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Space Ace. That's it. That's it. Space oh Ace. no, I thought you meant oh, Dragon's there, there, Lair Two. Sorry. There was a, there was a Dragon's Lair Two. There was a Dragon's Lair Two, but they put out one other game uh, that was of the same type with the our animated laser disc stuff, and it called Space Ace, and uh, oh, yes, it was I equally about that diff- one. was equally difficult to play. <laughs> They made it purposely hard, so you'd give them those quarters. That's right. That's right. I, li- I always liked. I always liked uh, Theater of Magic was my favorite pinball machine, and we have a fun house still. I love that one too. Oh, go. Really good fun games. Well, fortunately, neither of our podcasts require quarters to listen. They are freebies. So yay, same here. <laughs> and actually, all right, one more TNT plug. If you go to their showroom, none of those things require quarters either. You can try the games for free. That's right. Without sticking your hand into electronics, too. <laughs> yes. And having it smashed on it. Yes. Or you could play Dance Dance Revolution. I'm, I'm hopefully going to play around against Brian at some point. Right, Brian? Uh, is, there a, is there an ambulance on site? <laughs> Brian. Sure they have defibrillators on the wall, Brian. Don't worry. I, I, <laughs> I, I remember when those games and things came into their own where they would always put them up at the front of the arcades on the boardwalk. That's right. These guys dancing there or the ones where they were punching the punching bag. Or... Oh, man. Oh, mighty blow, mighty blow. <laughs> oh, mighty blow, mighty blow. I put more quarters in punch out and super punch out than anybody probably. Right. I, yeah. and, and I, think i won the title once in one of them you know just <laughs> brian don't was, feel bad I, and i never made pole position either so oh <laughs> so so uh send we've, us we've your favorite arcade game uh, <laughs> in an email just so we uh we know out there tweet it at us or facebook us let us know what your favorite arcade game is. and there were some disney ones out there so let's see if anybody can write back to us and Tell us what Disney arcade games were out there. I know Tammy, I'm sure, knows them. Oh, yeah. I won't Um, say anything. I'll I'll let let the listeners say some things. There were were some. Uh, I I can't say that the new Ghostbusters pinball machine is gnarly. I love it. I love it. I like the Ghostbusters one. I want the Indiana Jones one. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. We haven't had one of those in for a while now. We had we have Ghostbusters. We have Lord of the Rings. And we had a a hook recently. And I love Hook. So I was like, ooh. You know what I... I, I loved the original uh, Batman one. Oh, uh, that one was great because they had like yeah. really nice Blu-ray footage of the of the show. It was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I the original love Batman, uh, the original Batman uh, pinball machine was really cool. Oh, it's yeah. great. I love because I love the I, I love the film too. So um, I I I, I love I love the TV series and I love the film. So I just I was like fangirling when i saw it i said oh my gosh this is so beautifully made i'm glad they still make those you know those type of machines yeah there's not many not many pinball machines that have a monkey brain light so you know that's right (laughs) (laughs) you guys should make your own retro wdw pinball machine there you go well it would only run on a dime and uh, we wouldn't make much money (laughs) can you just imagine if if you get if you light up surf this little dick nunes comes out and goes across the bottom of the pinball machine (laughs) you are bad you could hit a wave machine yeah yeah you could have a whole pinball machine set up like seven seas lagoon Lagoon, yeah exactly and if you you can try to sink the the stern wheeler you know it it drops and breaks and a lot oh my of fun. goodness! You guys are so bad. Dreadful you should write your own film. 
You might just have to. I would totally see it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tammy, I appreciate you sitting in with us tonight. And um, why don't you, for for our listeners, give them another round of uh, where to find you and your websites and everything that you've you've got. I would love to. Um, Well, my my website is uh, www.tammytucky.com. But you could find me on Facebook um, or Twitter or Instagram at Tammy Tucky. And if you would love to donate or support the album, I would really appreciate it. Anything helps, you know what I mean? Um, it's www.gofundme.com slash Tammy Tucky. You can find out more about the album there. We always have continuous updates there. And I put, post them on my social media pages. And I'm just, you know, so grateful I could be on the show today. Thank you guys very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks well, for coming thank on. For, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. it. So, all right. Well, hopefully some of you listeners out there can give Tammy a hand and we'll definitely uh, let you know when uh, Two Brothers is ready. We'll premiere it here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> with that, Brian, take us out. Follow Todd McCartney and Retro WDW on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Retro WDW. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at RetroWDW.com. On Twitter, follow our web designer, Jason Bartell of Deepwater Studios, at JasonDWS. Our announcer, Andre Gardner, at Andre Gardner. And follow our hosts, Hal Bowers, on Twitter and Instagram, at GoAwayGreen. And on the web, at KingdomOfMemories.com. For JT Couser on Twitter, at LS1JT. On YouTube, at Rubber City Motoring. And on the web, at RubberCityMotoring.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Brian P. Miles. Think of the folks behind all on a beautiful morning. All on a beautiful morning.